Traveling the Vortex, Patreon exclusive. Welcome back, it's Glenn again. I'm stepping through the Doctor Who comics from the first Doctor and beyond. And of course, uh, we're about, oh, a dozen stories into the first Doctor's era, which reaches almost the halfway point. We'll still have just uh, probably a dozen and a handful more after this, but um, we'll knock out a few more this time. In this episode, we're doing Prisoners of the Kleptons, the Caterpillar Men, and uh, the Ordeals of Demeter. Now, the first one we're starting with is Prisoners of the Kleptons, and it was found in uh, TV comic annual 1966. It's a shorter story. Um, it is somewhat a sequel or continuation of the Klepton uh, Par uh, Parasites, uh, which we reviewed some time back. Um, that was in TV comic 674 to 683. The Doctor and his uh, kids, uh, essentially that was their first story in TV comics. Uh, that's where everything kicked off. So uh, this annual comes back around and circles back with the uh, um, previous um, bad guys, I should say, I guess. So I'll give you a summary of the, uh, the story that uh, we were going to read here. So the comic story, Prisoners of the Kleptons, features the first Doctor, his grandchildren, John and Jillian, and, uh, and two human astronauts. So the Doctor, John, and Jillian are on a sightseeing trip to an Earth-like planet uh, when their spaceship is captured by a magnetic beam, the TARDIS, of course. Uh, they're taken to a pyramid-shaped city where they meet the Kleptons, which is, uh, as you'll remember, a humanoid race with green skin and large fin-like ears. Kleptons explain that their planet is dying due to climate change now, and they've built an underwater city, uh, but they need slaves for to work the reactor that provides energy for the cities and their war machines. They demand that the Doctor help them invade Earth and enslave the population. Well, the Doctor refuses, and his companions are he and his companions are uh, imprisoned in a small basket hanging over some boiling oil. Um, they'll be dumped into the oil if they don't agree to help the Kleptons. So John ignites the oil with a, a gun that he still has on him from a previous adventure, distracting the Kleptons so that they can all escape in one of their bubble crafts that the uh, Kleptons use. Uh, the Kleptons chase them, um, but they've turned off the magnetic beam that they've used to trap the spaceship or to trap the, I should say the astronaut's spaceship and the doctor's TARDIS uh, so that they can escape the planet. The doctor and Jillian then leave in the leave uh, after the astronauts have been able to take off. Um, it's a classic example of the Doctor Who form formula. Um, it features the doctors and the companions, John and Jillian, encountering an alien race uh, looking for uh, world domination. Uh, the doctor, you know, has to use his intelligence integrity to save the day. And so it's a fun little story, and I really appreciate the fact that it's it's short, especially when you're revisiting sort of a one-dimensional um, uh, enemy such as the Kleptons, which they really didn't flesh out in their first story very well. And again, it, they're hell-bent on, you know, world domination again, this time invading the Earth. So um, a, a good little story for uh, especially a callback to the uh, kleptons um but I was, I was very grateful that it was short and that it was in in the uh, uh comic form next is the caterpillar man and this is a doctor who story uh that was printed in tv comic special issue tv comic annual 1966 it was written by jerry and sylvia anderson and illustrated by mark mike noble 
So if you'll remember, Neville Maine was um, illustrating the comics in TV comics for the Doctor Who strips, and uh, he was also potentially the the writer. I think that's it's still a little unclear of which ones he did actually write or if he was the writer at all. But he is the only one that's really attributed it in much of the publications. So uh, you'll notice that there's a different uh, writer, set of writers, and then an, an, and a new illustrator in this one. So this would be the first time, I believe, that it's not been a Neville Main story. The story begins with a large cocoon-like craft heading towards Earth. Um, a smaller craft comes out of it, and then it lands in the jungle. And these caterpillar-like aliens emerge from the uh, ship and they uh, attack uh, a meeting of the planet's top scientists. And um, they start controlling them with their eyes. And they announce to the world that they plan to make these scientists help them conquer the planet. So another Earth takeover. Uh, the first Doctor, John and Jillian, arrive in the TARDIS and they land in the jungle where the caterpillar men have set up their base. Uh, they're eventually captured by the aliens, but John and Jillian... Uh, manage to escape. They contact the World Pest Control, who then spray the base with pesticides <laughs> lethal to the insects, but harmless to humans, of course. And the Caterpillar Men are defeated and the world saved. The Caterpillar Men is a fun story um, with classic monster elements to it. Um, and I have said in the past many times that I am very often bugged by anthropomorphized aliens, meaning they've taken you know, earth-like things, creatures, animals, and just alien fight them. And I think that that's in the past. And I have said, and I still agree with this, that that's kind of a, to me, a cheat or, or lazy uh, when you're coming up with a villain. However, I have to give them credit. If you look at these, um, caterpillar men, quote unquote, um, and they don't necessarily look like caterpillars. So I could see easily see, um, a, the average person looking at them and having no other descriptor for them other than maybe large segmented green men um, would would utilize caterpillar as a descriptor for this. So I can give it a pass because the visualization that has um, been used here is very, very uh, impressive. Um, it's a little cartoonish, but it also has a real television doctor who feel especially the era that i grew up when with with the um quite rubbery suited um uh, villains or, or monsters of the tom baker era so um so again this is fun it is a short one it is um uh, in an annual so they don't you know plot on for several uh pages like they do in the uh, when they're trying to spread them out through several issues um, I think the cheesy element of this is, and it feels like a quick wrap up, is John and Jillian escaping, being the heroes in this one, um, by finding the World Pest Control offices, which apparently is a thing if this is not now in the future. And uh, they're the ones that actually dispatch of the aliens by using these pesticides. So uh, Doctor has really nothing to do with um, uh, stopping this plan. So that was kind of an interesting take as well. All right. And then uh, for the last one that I'm going to review here is the ordeals of Demeter. So we're going to step back into the episodic format of the TV comic. These appeared in TV comic number 720 to 723. So not a super long story. Um, only a few issues, about four issues there. Um, 
Ordeal of Demeter is a Doctor Who story. It's set in 1965. The Doctor, John, and Jillian land on the planet Demeter, which is under attack by its neighboring planet, Bellus. Now, the Bellans are a warlike people who have been launching vicious attacks on Demeter for years. The Doctor, John, and Jillian team up with the Demeterians uh, to try to stop the Bellans and save their planet. So the Doctor discovers that the Bellans are being controlled by a powerful alien called the Ordeal. And the Ordeal is actually using the Bellans to destroy Demeter in order to create a new home for itself. So it's not even, it's kind of a mistaken identity um, based on other control. The Doctor, John, and Jillian, they have to find a way to stop him before it's too late. And in the end, the Doctor is able to defeat the Ordeal and save Demeter. The Bellians are also freed from the control and agree to make peace with Demeter. And then the uh, Doctor, John, and Jillian, uh, you know, leave at the end. So the story for this is really well written. And um, more importantly, uh, the artwork is is staggeringly different than we, we'd gotten from uh, uh, Neville Maine in the past. Bill Melvin took over um, the uh, role of uh, illustrator in this one. And it's very much, whereas Neville Maine's artwork, you could, you, you could easily identify uh, the first doctor as the first doctor. If you looked at it, you would say, okay, that's, that's an, a representation of the first doctor. It's very obvious in this one. There's almost a more distinct William Hartnell in these illustrations. And I almost think that must come from, if you look through a lot of the panels of this particular um, story, there are pictures that are very much like or at least maybe drawn from uh publicity stills that must have been out at the time ones that you've seen printed in doctor who magazine or on websites over the years they've won the ones that have been around that have i'm sure been used as publicity materials from the bbc it seems like um uh mevin got was able to get this uh these stills and maybe relied heavily on those in order to uh, make sure he was getting the look uh, of Hartnell. Uh, John and Jillian don't change much from their uh, originals that uh, Neville Main had, had, I suppose, imagined or came up with. Um, so they still look very much, they, they don't seem out of place. Um, although I've talked in the past how um, uh, Neville Main has um, been inconsistent with John and Jillian in his own art. And so they, you know, there's been some inconsistency there, so it wouldn't have mattered had they not, had they looked different, but they aren't drastically different than how uh, Maine had imagined them. Um, but yeah, Mevin, uh, stark difference in the, the artwork here. The, the lines are crisper and cleaner. Um, the coloration in this is a much, a much deeper, colorization and i don't know if it was the necessity of maybe different coloring for this uh is what drove the um n need uh, or the maybe the, the colorization the need was driven by the artwork being um much approved upon and uh cleaner as well um i kind of hope that uh we get more of um uh Bill Melvin, because I, I really like the look here and it's, it's, it's very pleasing, very aesthetic and, and very clean. So, uh, going forward, I hope to see uh, more of this. Um, also, I think that the plot is more detailed in this one. Um, the other ones feel like sort of kids comics. The ones in the past have kind of felt like 
very B plot, but even very, very simple stories. This one story is even a little more complex than anything we've gotten before. So I really appreciated um, that about this story as well. Well, that is all uh, that I'm going to do for this time. That's uh, three new ones from the first Doctor era. And then coming up, we've got uh, Enter the Go Ray, Doctor Who Meets the Frog People, and a Christmas story. Now, a Christmas story is one that we have already reviewed on uh, the podcast as one of our Christmas specials. So um, I'll give you a number to that next time and uh, where you can go find that. But I'll also talk, touch a little bit on it again in the next one. So... That's going to do it for now. Until next time, I'm Glenn. Cheers. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point. Direction point. A Doctor Who podcast network.